0: As part of the state budget adopted this year, New York lawmakers and Governor Kathy Hochul signed off on legislation designed to ensure that the state power authority has the authority, either by itself or with partnerships, to develop, own, and operate renewable energy projects. The measure is supposed to help policymakers achieve the goals of the 2019 Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, which called for 70% of the state's electricity coming from renewable energy sources by 2030 and creating a zero-emission statewide electrical system by 2040. For more on the issue, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Justin Driscoll, acting president and CEO for the New York Power Authority. Welcome to the show, President Driscoll.
1: Thank you, David. Great to be here.
0: It's our pleasure. So now that the budget has been adopted with a version of the so-called Build Public Renewables Act, what is the next step for NIPA as it relates to the potential development of new renewable energy projects under your authority?
1: The law calls for what we're calling a conferral process between the power authority and our state partners at NYSERDA and the Public Service Commission, the Department of Public Service, to basically assess where the state is in terms of its progress toward uh, meeting its goals, 70% by 2030, 100% by 2040. So our first step, at least externally, will be um, that conferral process. I can tell you that internally, work is well underway. We immediately started a process where we are assessing our own land availability. We'll also be looking at other state land, potentially customer sites, for the siting of any renewable generation that we are now authorized to develop. And I've also directed our teams here to create task forces for the four major components of the new law. And I can tell you, I just got off a call with over 200 of our senior executives here at the Power Authority. We're very excited about the road ahead and we feel like we're well positioned to be able to execute on the authority. And we're actually appreciative of the vote of confidence that the legislature and the governor gave to the Power Authority. And it's staff to be able to implement this important work at this critical time in our clean energy uh, transition.
0: Well, what is the timeline for that assessment to determine uh, if the New York Power Authority needs to get into the game of creating new renewable energy projects uh, in order for the state to hit its uh, green goals?
1: The way we look at it is the conferral process will then inform the development of the strategic planning process that is also called for in the legislation. So we'll be planning for whatever project development the system needs and the state needs to meet or accelerate its progress toward the goal. So very much conferral process, strategic planning process, a lot of public input opportunity for the public to weigh in requirements for public hearings and so forth. And then in early 2025, we'll have a final strategic plan that will include the projects that we think at least in the early stage and obviously this doesn't all just happen in 2025 this is designed really for a lot of work to be conducted between 2025 and 2020 and at the same time as you probably know a lot of new generation resources coming onto the system during that same period of time so the strategic planning process will be really where the public starts to see where the projects are that the power authority will be developing
0: do you assume that the power authority will have to develop its own renewable energy based on the landscape that it exists now, or do you feel like it's too soon to tell whether you'll actually need to get into that creation game?
1: I don't think there's any question that the power authority is going to be getting into the renewable ownership and development business, if you will. The question is what types of projects are going to be needed and where. We already do a significant amount of renewable generation work for our governmental customers in what is described in the industry as behind-the-meter solutions, so solar and storage-type projects that are more customer-sided. I think where the opportunities are going to be in the future is the extent to which there can be either specifically located projects for the benefit of certain communities or potentially what we call utility scale projects that are the larger sort of wind and solar projects that go onto the grid, or sometimes even are specifically allocated to a particular customer through a power purchase agreement.
0: In terms of what NIPA might need to do between now and whenever, say, you break ground on a future project, what sort of capacity building will you have to do, whether it's staffing increases or, or, in terms of expertise?
1: Uh, great question. I and mean, we, something that I've been fielding internally here, uh, as well as externally, you know, what are we, do we have the, the right amount of staff currently on board here at the power authority to execute on this? And I think it's, it's early in that analysis only because we won't really know until we go through the conferral process and, and develop our strategic plan, what types of projects are going to be most beneficial to the system and to the state, you know, in accelerating our progress toward the goals. So I can see a scenario where certain types of projects we are already adequately staffed and others where we might need additional resources if we're doing something for the first time. My guess is that we'll certainly at a minimum be repurposing or repositioning existing staff in order to meet the new challenge that we've been given here. Uh, And we obviously have access to external resources as well whether in the form of companies that we currently you know work with in terms of our other some of our other generation work that we do
0: when you think about where future projects might be cited will they have to be contained to NYPA-owned land? Or is there a possibility to expand onto other state-owned land, like maybe SUNY campuses? Or could you see the state entering into lease agreements or purchasing privately owned land?
1: It won't be limited to NYPA land for sure. On the state land, many of the state entities are currently customers of ours where we're already doing significant renewable projects for them. So I, I see Certainly great potential with our with our governmental customers for, for use of their land, but also the new law allows the power authority to acquire property from willing sellers is how it's referred to in the law. So we can certainly
0: purchase or lease land from willing sellers. So in talking about this with you right now, you definitely sound maybe uh, excited or at least like you're gearing up for it. And I'm old enough to remember uh, last year when I think it's fair to say you were at the very least skeptical uh, of this type of responsibility being hoisted onto the New York Power Authority. So can you talk about how your view on this issue has, I guess, reached the point it's at now?
1: That was a moment in time. Most importantly, that was at a time before the Federal Inflation Reduction Act was enacted. One of the points that I had made last summer was that um, you know some of the opportunities for development might not be available to NIFA because there wasn't really a level playing field between the power authority and the private sector because the private sector had access to the federal tax credits and we didn't. Now with the Inflation Reduction Act, we can access those same tax credits up to 30%, just like a uh, taxpaying private developer could. So that was a game changer for us as a public power entity. And I will tell you that the public power sector, where we're very active nationally, has been advocating for that, what they call direct pay ability for close to 10 years now. So we were thrilled to have that become law. And that actually very much changed our approach to the legislation that had been passed by the Senate at the time. And I also say that having been involved in the uh, passage of the budget, that there were certain things that, you know, we, I think we added in a very positive way to the new law we are making available 25 million dollars a year for workforce training and uh repurposing through repurposing a um, existing program and also the creation of what we're calling the reach program where we're going to be able to provide bill credits to disadvantaged communities through revenues derived from new solar projects so one other thing i would say is that last summer the version that was um being discussed at the time, did not allow us to participate in the NYSERDA REC program, Renewable Energy Certificate Program. And now with the new law, we can participate in those solicitations at NYSERDA and receive the same REC revenue streams that the private sector can. So a lot has transpired in the last year. Um, We've always been excited about being in the renewable business. We're doing it all over the state for our customers. We're well positioned and, and I'm really excited about where we are today and where we're and where we're headed between now and and uh, 2030 and then on to 2040
0: Well you mentioned NIcerta, and I'm curious whether you envision NIPA potentially competing in the solicitations for renewable energy projects that NYSERDA puts out or whether you'll be carving your own path in terms of where and when you're, you're looking to build uh, renewable energy projects
1: I think we're going to going to do both. Other benefits, I think, in the new law is that we have the ability to um, enter into public-private partnerships with the private sector. So I can see certainly scenarios where, much like we're doing on the transmission side already, where we're partnering heavily with the private sector and developing major transmission projects around the state to actually move these renewable generation projects and the power that they put out uh, around the state where it can be best used. But I can see us um, working in partnership with the private sector. On those NYSERDA solicitations, but there will other be there will also be other projects where, you know, we would we would go it alone potentially outside the NYSERDA solicitation process.
0: Well, part of that answer, you mentioned uh, transmission, and I wonder how the limitations on the current transmission system in New York could hinder your ability to build new renewable energy projects, or, or whether you'll be looking at the future development of transition I guess hand in hand with future renewable energy developments
1: These are very much two separate but heavily interrelated efforts I would say. Um, we're already I, I would say one of the leaders if not the leader in 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 uh, upgrading the current transmission system the high voltage grid we own about a third of the of the transmission system which makes us the largest owner and operator of the bulk system in the state. And so, right now, um, we're currently in the process of upgrading several of our transmission lines in, or, in order to what we call unbottle transmission that sometimes gets uh, curtailed in certain parts of the state where you can't get the energy out to where it's needed. So, project in the North Country on the St. Lawrence River, Smart Path Connect, which we're doing with National Grid, which is designed to solve for that very issue of curtailed generation, mostly wind in the North Country. We also have, as you may know, the Clean Path project that we're doing um, with an entity called Forward Power, which is a joint venture between Energy Re and Energy, where we're going to be developing a DC cable, 180 mile DC cable that will bring upstate wind and solar down into New York City, similar to the Champlain Hudson Power Express or uh, line from Hydro Quebec uh, that's going to be coming down into New York City as well. And those two those two projects are as I said, uh, DC cables, unlike the bulk transmission system is AC. uh, These are DC cables. So they're very much like a power plant, having a power plant Mm -hmm. on the other end of the line. And these are designed really, these two lines are designed to address the fact that the New York City area is heavily reliant on fossil generation. And so the big challenge for the industry is getting that renewable power down into New York City. And offshore wind will actually be another component of that, right? Where you'll have offshore wind, you'll have these two cables and uh, other new resources, whether it's storage or more decentralized generation at customer sites that will uh, start to, um, you know, address that dependence on fossil in the New York city area.
0: Well, finally, and you teed me up again, you mentioning New York city and fossil fuel power. Another component of the budget is a commitment to stop the use of fossil fuel reliant peaker power plants by 2030. How heavy of a lift is that with that timeline if we're going to ensure uh, reliable electricity for New York City customers?
1: Well, I think it's definitely doable. And one of the reasons uh, that it is is because of the two resources that I just mentioned and uh, and others. Um, We're going to see between now and 2030 a significant build out of new generation resources that are going to be coming into the New York City area. And so these plants will be less uh, necessary for reliability purposes. You also have incredible um, research and development work and technology, new technology development in storage capabilities, which will um, which will also help with the transition of these plants off the system. In fact, we're we're actually looking at right now storage solutions for many of our beaker sites around the city. So, I mean, we're we're hoping to be able to close at least some of them before twenty thirty, but the goal is certainly uh, achievable.
0: Are, are there any outs in the law as written in the budget in case it's determined we get to 2030 that, that the reliability isn't there w- without the peaker plants? Or are, are we heading toward a deadline that we need to hit no matter what?
1: The law contains language that states, much like uh, the climate law
0: mm-hmm. that
1: obviously the um, reliability of the uh, energy delivery system is paramount. So we'll be working closely with the New York Independent System Operator and Con Edison on those reliability issues. There's also language in the law that states that we wouldn't want to close one of our peaker plants if it's for some reason going to increase emissions in a certain area by causing other resources to to run more heavily. So that's a that's another component here. But You know, that's that's certainly plan B. Plan A is to close them.
0: Well, we've been speaking with Justin Driscoll. He's the acting president and CEO for the New York Power Authority. Justin, thank you so much for making the time and good luck uh, with the projects ahead.
1: Thank you, David. Pleasure to be with you.
0: Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.